All right, all right, let's go. All right, all right, all right. What, what are you going to talk about th- this week, Tim? Well, Cindy Dad, Canada won gold again in the Ivan Halinka Gretzky tournament over in Czechia or Czechia, the Czech Republic, whatever they call it now. And Malcolm Spence got the w- winner with seven seconds to go. It must have been exciting. And Mike Misa, uh, he's, he's going to be up there too. Yeah, they're both, they're both from Mississauga. Both from Mississauga. That's Hazel McCallion. Uh, more hockey players come now from Mississauga, not naturally. Well, she built so many rinks. That was her big thing. You yeah. can't go 10 minutes in Mississauga without running into a rink. And But a guy I like is Stan Dickinson. He's going to be, uh, and where is he from? Oh, just Sydney, London. You wonder how Mark and Dale get these guys. They <laughs> always are in the semifinals or finals of the OHL, and yet you look and you go, top prospect, London Knights. So. Yeah, but you used to say when you were out scouting, you know, that uh, you always see a London scout there or even the Hunter brothers out there. Yeah, yeah. Remember the time we told that story before, Dad? It was after they had won. Uh, Mark and Dale were the GM and coach of the World Juniors. Oh, yeah. And they, they, they ended up winning. Oh, and we, first of all, if you, if you have a scout that doesn't know somebody, well, he works hard. That's what that, and, and if you're talking about it, if you really think he's a good hockey player, well, he works hard. So everybody works hard. Yeah, well, that's that's kind of the code. If you if somebody who asks you about a player, you don't want you don't like saying bad things about a player outside your inner circle. You say we well, works hard, but so that in that thing in that uh, World Juniors, uh, Dale and Mark they lost the first game to Russia six nothing, and they looked <laughs> awful. And then and then they went and they won the gold medal, right? So that was first first time we saw Mark out scouting. And uh, the Iceland's in Mississauga. And we go, hey, you know, hey, Mark, congratulations. He goes, yeah, after that first game, headlines, and that was the hockey news. Or the first thing he said. Star, Mark and Dale, most overrated minds in hockey. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell it bugged them. I wonder if you ever got, ever went to reporter afterwards. I always loved your quote, Dad, about the press. They're either at your feet or your throat. Oh, <laughs> I'll never that, forget that. Yeah, but one thing about that that tournament, that Halinka Gretzky tournament, is that outside of the Olympics, that's the only best on best tournament. You know, because like if the World Juniors, uh, like Owen Power could have played last year, and this year Berard could still be playing, but they'll be they're both in the NHL, so it's not best on best. And then the world, you know, the world tournament in in how many times they won it, Tim. I think twenty nine times they've won. They're like they've won three out of the last four times. So yeah. and these kids are young. Yeah, like spent like the um, the guy that has got the winner, Malcolm Spence. He's he's still sixteen, and he's not he's not uh, seventeen until September. And and Cindy, you you uh, you. Had oh, a- I was out. <laughs> I was <laughs> a friend of mine comes up to me and says to me, uh, he listens to the podcast. He says, "Hey, Eagles, what's with your dad? Why doesn't he like Denny Potvan?" I go, well, what are you talking about? You know, so anyway, I guess because you said that he was mean, Dad. I meant that affectionately. <laughs> <laughs> anybody that anybody that like Bobby Schmatz, 
had to had to had to like mean hockey players. A lot of things you say people could be be uh, misinterpreted. Let's say right. Yeah, Dad? but that's it is. That's a term of endearment. Like even when you're scouting, what kind of players? Oh, he's a good player. He's really mean. And you say that with all. You don't yeah. say that as a negative. You say that as a positive. As, as a business, when as a business person, people don't understand when you used to say, well, what did you think of him? Well, he's a wise old owl, you know, and people think, well, then you must like that person. No, not necessarily. If you call someone a wise old owl, that means you don't like them, right? We learned that. That's right, Tim. Right. The wise old owl means that he's passing judgment or giving advice after the fact. And well, it means sits, that sits when, in the tree. Well, it's it, it's more like when he's talking to you in a business in a business uh, situation and he talks really slow so that we dum-dums can understand it and uh, you know, and with a long hesitant in between, said he's a wise old owl and he speaks very slowly so we all can understand it. Well, and I, that is a kiss of death for you, boy. <laughs> they do that. And don't and tell your friend I didn't mean to be mean to be uh, when talking about uh, Dennis Fabian because I do like him. Cindy and Dad, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Spreads.ca. They're a Canadian-owned online casino and sportsbook. And if you sign up now and use the promo Grapes, they'll spot your, they'll uh, match your deposit up to two hundred fifty bucks. You get ten spins on the big wheel for some big dough. And your first sports bet, they spot you twenty five bucks, and they've been a big supporter of the Don Cherry Great uh, Don Cherry Pet Rescue. So, we, how much did they give you, Cindy? Uh, close to twenty grand. Twenty grand. That's maybe pretty good. Maybe they'll do it again this year. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe they will. Yeah. Let's hope so. <laughs> we can use the money. We we pour out a lot of money. There's a lot of great rescues out there that we'd like to support, but it's all it's, about the dollars. Kind of tough now, hey, Cindy. You'd oh, geez. After COVID, don't get me started with these people that buy COVID dogs and now they're giving them up. So the rescues are overrun with COVID dogs. So we have to yeah. help them out. Yeah. And plus, it economy's tough people just have a tough time giving money right yeah so it's quite true so dad this comes from facebook it comes from ld mcnab and it says i just wanted to let him know that my father fought him in the san francisco cow palace so yeah you know, who's who's he talking about he's talking about larry mcnab and boy was he tough i i remember when i first went to spokane uh, and, and the guy gave me tight clothes. So right away, I know I'm in trouble because I didn't want to say anything to the trainer. In the first day there, he gives me tight gloves and everything. He, he thought he was doing me a favor, giving me new gloves. So anyhow, we, dro- we drive, I guess we must have flown to uh, San Fran, and we went in the Cow Palace, and they had a big sign, honestly. They had a sign. It had to be 60 feet, 60 feet long, Larry McNabb, heavyweight champion of the WHL. Oh, jeez. I know, I know, I know, I know he's looking for trouble. He's looking for me. I don't know. Anyhow, I start the game, and I, I, I really don't want to fight. I'm, I'm tired, and but if you have to go, you have to go. And sure enough, we went. The funny thing is, the linesman jumped on my back. I don't know. He was trying to break it up, but he was doing his best. And he was loose, and he had his right hand loose again. And he hit me, and I said, geez, I better put my head down close to the ice, or he's going to, I won't be nothing left of me. So I put my head down right close to the ice, and he kept hitting me on top of the head. And he was just corking me. <laughs> you can't believe I can still feel him. And 
I I'm broken up, and I was really dizzy, eh? I was really from being hit so many times on top of the head. Boy, I, 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 often, I often think if my head had been up about six inches, he could have got underneath there. Anyhow, I taught him a lesson. I broke his hand. He broke his hand on my head. So he was looking at the trainer, and the trainer was looking at him. Boy, I could have got him. I and But I was still dizzy. I, I use that as an excuse. My head rang for about a week afterward, and he was a big, tough defenseman. He'd be earning about $5 million now. I, my head hurt so much, honest, honestly, honest to God, my head hurt so much on top. I couldn't comb my hair. I, didn't, I used to have a lot of hair back then. I couldn't comb my hair for a week. Okay, this question comes from Facebook. I am a big Bears fan, and can you tell me about Frank Mathers? Frank Mathers. I remember Skippy Teal and I, <laughs> we both played for Barry Flyers, and we won the Memorial Cup, and we went down there, and we saw Frank Mathers. Oh, this guy can't make the National Hockey League. <laughs> Holy dying. He was He was about six, oh, I'd say about six one. He was about 190 pounds, and was he good? He was unbelievable. But, Tim, you got some information that uh, one of the reasons why he didn't make it, well, the Leafs were down on him. Uh, yeah, you, you said, I, I said to him, I said, if he was that good, why was he not? In, in, and in, I told in, you why. And he, he eventually, he made it to the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame. They have him in as a builder, but they just said he was so good that they, he, they he wanted, wanted to put him in. But you, were, you, you said, Dad, there's something, like he says he got in the bad books with the Leafs, so I looked into it, and... He wanted to take some time off to be go to school to be a dentist. And you didn't do that in those days, and and you know, and you, you did not take time off, uh, do anything. They wanted to keep you dumb and stupid, and uh, that's what most hockey players were back in those days. And you know what? If if you if you tried to get an education, they frowned on it. They really did. And he, you know, and they got he got in the bad books. But that's why they have the Players Association now. That uh, Well, because it's interesting, because you and I and Cindy were talking, and I, I bet you most people don't realize this before the Players Association and everything, is that, like, so the lease would have owned his rights right. forever. He, he, they, he, if they wanted to bury him in the minors, he either had to play in the minors or quit. And if he came back after he quit, he would still be owned by the lease. Like today... You know, after what four years or five years with a team or three years, you know, you can go to free agency. Two, I think. Yeah, free agency, and um, but back then they they owned you forever. They owned you forever if you sign a B form or a C form. So, like, so Boston had you, Dad. Like they they signed you, right? Yeah. So, and like then you went to Toronto. So like that they just sold your rights to Toronto. Then Toronto owned you forever. Well. They own they. If you sign a B form, you uh, you had to go to their training camp and you had to try out for them. Yeah. That was it. And if you sign a C form, that was a, it. Yeah, it was a lifer. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's but that's what happened. It looked like, as they say to uh, uh, Frank Mathers, was that the Leafs owned him, and even though he he won Calder Cups and he won Stanley Cup or Calder Cups and led the league when he, I think he retired he led defensemen in points and and he was and unbelievable and everything six but, foot he bought six foot eh? yeah and they didn't and they they just left him there because they didn't like him because he wanted to become he wanted to take 
one or two for, schools. For started off in uh, in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, yeah. yeah and then they switched them over. So to, the interesting thing too, Dad, was you're saying that, and we're looking into it, that he became a player coach. He was a player coach. There was only one other player coach I I, rec- I remember was uh, Steve Kravchek in Rochester, uh, and and uh, it was easy. It was easy. Like, how did, like like now they have how well, many four behind a bench? They got <laughs> guys upstairs talking to. How how could you coach while you're on the ice? Well, plane? you just roll the lines. Yeah. Yeah, and then if you wanted to. Did not, didn't have as many players. Did the during practice? Did the player coach coach during? I, practice? I don't remember uh, uh, just uh, teaching us anything. <laughs> just watch so, him. Yeah. And, <laughs> just watch him. Do and just watch Frank Mathers. So the interesting thing, Dad, looking at uh, you know, because you hear about Frank Mathers being the coach. First of all, he played he played in the CFL. <laughs> He was pretty. He was a good player of the CFL. Yeah, well, he could play any sports. You could. You see, he was. He was clever. Yeah. So, uh, when he retired um, in 1962, he had he had the most assists and most posts by an AHL defenseman, and uh, he won eight Calder Cups. Eight. Calder I, re- Cups. I remember he he, he called uh, Rochester uh, a Halloween. If you want to go to a Halloween, he was really mad. We we beat up his players and. Everything like that. <laughs> so he won two. He won two in Pittsburgh when he played for the Pittsburgh Hornets. He won two as a player coach at Hershey, and then one more as just a regular coach. He was a clever guy, and he could play defense like nobody else. Okay, Dad. This is from Ian Lifchus from Facebook, and uh, can you tell me your memories of Tim Horton? Because his grandkids think that Tim Hortons was a donut entrepreneur, and I knew that was going to happen. I, I always amazes me going into Tim Hortons all the time, and how many, many, many of them don't even have a picture of Tim Horton in it with his leafy. Well, uniform. I think that uh, his wife uh, when. She sold it that she had it. I don't know, but I think she had it that they couldn't have pictures of him. I bet you he'd like that, though. He'd like that. He he'd would, like that. Well, well he was a funny guy. Them, some of them do have. He was the strongest guy I ever saw. So, Dad, you knew him when uh, he, you went to training camp with him, right? I was at training camp. We were in the sweatshop, and I, I used to go b- walk by their training camp site, and they had a big, beautiful room, and their all their underwear was all washed every night <laughs> ours was still wet honestly we were right next to the boiler room like we're right next to the boiler room and so it never dry out i was standing outside the express uh, hotel and that was the name of the hotel in peterborough ontario and i was thinking i was standing with mike walton who played with me the year before and um and uh, jimmy pappen anyhow there was one oh eddie shack was standing outside they all so he drove up, and you know he says, you know, I just want to when I when I drive when I I all I want is a donut and a, and a coffee. He says, I, I think it'd be great, don't you think? Because he failed at a hamburger yeah, place, right? He'd already failed a couple of places, and the guys made fun of him. You'd be like one of those diners with the big hats, and they were making fun of him. And he said, no, I said, I'd just like to go in and get a donut and, and, and a coffee. And a he co- used to drive trucks 
for uh, yeah. for uh, dump trucks in the summer. Yeah, it's a cement. Cement it's a, trucks. Can cement you imagine that? That's too hard. That, so, well, they all, everybody had to work. Because Even in the NHL, players had to work during yes. the summer. Yeah, they had to work. I only thought that was minor leaguers. No, no. No. Yeah, they had to work. Well, like, I think he worked with Con Smythe, had a construction he, company, and he drove cement trucks or something. Yeah, he drove cement trucks. That is amazing. So if a trucker, if there's any person that's working, a trucker would know, I just want a coffee and a donut. And everybody was making fun of him and everything like that. Little did they know that he would turn into a, well, how many? Well, just, they're all over the world now, too. Yeah, they're over. They're over in China now. Yeah, see? my wife was over there a few few years ago, and I think I said it before. It was more Canadian than any Canadian here. They had maple leaves and moose. The the store, the stick, or the doors were had were hockey sticks and and all that. And they were busy. She says they were really busy when like that. Can but, I just say one thing? I wish that the management of Tim Hortons now would. Try to remember what Mr. Horton wanted originally. It was just a quick donut, a quick coffee, and a donut. You go into Tim Horton's now, and it always never fails. Someone in front of me, they're ordering the Last Supper, and you're, you know, because they've expanded their menu, and all I want is a coffee, right? Remember when Tim Horton was in, when he first started out, all he wanted was a donut and a coffee, and he could get on his way. Okay, Dad, from Facebook, Todd Stataford says, I would like to know, what is Mr. Cherry's favorite automobile he ever owned? And there was well, a lot of them. There yes. was, well, the, the, and they were all like, they're beauty cars, too. I remember the very first car I had was a like, 55, 55 uh, Ford Custom, and it was light blue, with light blue inside, and then I had a 60... Uh, oh, Pontiac, boy, it was beautiful. It, it was absolutely beautiful. 1960. In fact, Cindy, we drove all the way out to Spokane in that car. I never even thought of but you know, breaking down or anything at all. And then I got a 64 Pontiac. And Pontiac, Pontiac that year, a 64 Pontiac Parisienne, uh, was the only year that I remember that uh, outsold uh, Chevrolet. So then I then then I had a mm, I forget what I but anyhow I know I had a big big beautiful uh, Oldsmobile it was just gorgeous my favorite car of all time was a Lincoln Mark VI two door and two door is very important that um, and I'll tell you the story behind it but most of all your cars were two door dad. Yeah, they were, <laughs> they were most. They were all good, good-looking cars for two. Very impractical for a family car. But yeah, they were I know. all two doors. I and wouldn't let you people have ice cream in them and stuff like that. <laughs> they were they were perfect when I left them. So I, what I remember about that car was that you had a Cadillac that you weren't too crazy about. No, I wasn't. So you went down to White Oaks Lincoln in Mississauga, and you went to the guy, and you were. This would have been you were. Your star was rising in Hockey Night in Canada at the time. And you said, I wanted to sell the car. You wanted to sell the... the, the Black Caddy. Black Caddy. So they said, well, we'll tell you what. We'll give you a Lincoln Mark VI. It was 83, was it? Yeah. And said, you know, you can drive that around and all that. And then, you know, next year we'll give you a new car. So no, they, didn't, they didn't say that. No, no they didn't. It's like it, they... They wanted you to drive around. So you fell in love with that car. Oh, I fell in love with it. So they called you up and said, well, Don, we want that car back because they're probably going to sell, like, you know, sell it used or whatever. Yeah. And you said, no, I'm not giving it back. 
I said, no, I, I, I love this car. They said, no, this is how it works. We give you a car, we let you drive it around, and we sell it as a used car. I said, I don't want the car. And they said, well, that's the way it works. And I said, well, I don't want it. I'm going to buy this one here. So I ended up buying a car, and I could have got the back. The guy said, wait a minute. We're, going, we're giving you insurance free. We're, anything that you want fixed is free, but uh, you want the... You want yeah. the Mom wasn't happy. She's no. like, well, wait a minute. We couldn't get a new... First of all, you didn't get any money for the Cadillac. That's right. And now they're charging you for the car, and we're not getting a new car. We're getting that car. Yeah. So mom was not... Mom wasn't happy. But well, can I tell one story about that car? I yeah. know you're not going to be happy, but I got to tell this one story. Sometimes it had a hard time starting. And so we went to uh, we went to a game uh, to watch a, a minor hockey game at night. And it was kind of in the, in the spring and it, it was, we get there and it was raining. Like it really was raining. So we get out of the, and this one goalie, we're watching the game and the one goalie, I think from Markham just got blasted. He got like 10 goals scored on him. So we go, so dad and I kind of, you were kind of late cause you were signing some autographs and stuff like that. So we go out to the car and it's click, it's dead. And I said, look at, I remember saying, Hey, Tim, I hate to I hate to say you're wrong, but you're wrong. It was it was the second. I I love the car so much. I bought a second car, a black one. And you know whose car it was? Who? Harold Ballard. Harold Ballard had and I had it painted all painted all black. Anyhow, I said, look at that car. Isn't that beautiful car? That's the most gorgeous car. Yeah. <laughs> We're walking. And then click. And it didn't start. So it's the middle of the night, like because the game was the game started at nine, but it started late nine thirty. The poor goalie gets like you know there's ten goals, so the game goes long. And there's only one other car in the parking lot. It's we're at the Herb Carnegie rink down. <laughs> so, and it's the goalie. No. So yeah. we're trying to get it started, and the guy comes over and says, you know, is everything okay? And we try to jump it, but it wouldn't jump. Yeah. So I called CAA, and so the guy says, okay, we'll be there in like 10 minutes. So they said, well, come sit in our car. So they had like a minivan. So we're sitting there trying to make small talk, and, you know, what you want to say, a tough game, you know. Oh, boy. (laughs) And you're sitting there, we're trying to make small talk, avoiding the fact that the goalie got blasted for a whole bunch of goals and everything like that. So we're sitting in there. And finally, after about 40 minutes, the guy comes, right? The, yeah. the CAA guy. So he, op- he opens the door, right? And he, he, put, and he puts, pops the hood up, and he goes, everything seems to be okay. So he goes in, and he slams, he didn't slam the door. He closed the door, and it started right up. <laughs> I think the car, I think the car knew that I was talking about how beautiful it was and everything, and it made me, t- taught me a lesson. I kept my mouth shut after that. Uh, but I love the I love those that 1983 Mark Six two door, and I just love them. 